0: Ever feel pulled in multiple directions at once, never quite having the energy to achieve all that you want? This podcast is all about helping leaders be human, not superhuman, mastering energy, not just managing time. I'm Ian Brown and I help leaders improve their personal energy, be more creative and become the catalyst to spark more energy in those they lead being more productive without working harder or longer so you get to spend more time with the things and people you love. From days that drift to days with design and purpose, welcome to the Energy Leader Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Ian here and welcome to the Thriving Leader podcast. This is season two and episode 13. And actually, it's the last episode of the season all about creativity. But no worries, because after a short break, we'll be back with season three and another whole suite of episodes all about helping you with your energy and leadership productivity. But before we get on to season three, let's have a look at the last episode of this season on creativity. And today, I'm going to be having a look at how we get messy with creativity. Now, there are lots of things we could argue about and debate, but most of us would agree, I'm sure, that Leonardo da Vinci is justly deserving of the accolade of being creative. Yet, at the time of his work, he infuriated his sponsors with multiple projects all running at once. The Mona Lisa, which many of us might have been privileged enough to see, took around 17 years to complete. Not literally 17 years of hard effort, but over a period of 17 years, and having travelled most of its way around Europe as bits were being added to it. Whilst many think in a linear fashion Da Vinci's process was anything but linear. Even paintings he conceived and planned were changed throughout their actual creation, as he added new understandings of light and shade from combining his interest in art and science all in one. This must have been completely infuriating to his bosses and his sponsors, those who'd paid for works. But when you're working with a genius, maybe you just have to put up with these things. These days, most of us work for leaders who actually want something done and done quickly. Even Steve Jobs' Eye for Creativity said, real artists have to learn to create a product that is shippable and commercially viable. Yet what Da Vinci does is show us that prototyping and experimenting can be part of the process and that things are never, ever quite complete. I'm going to tell you now about the tale of the reformed project manager. I was raised as a classic project manager. I was taught to nail down the scope, the deliverables, the expectations of the sponsor. And I was also taught to deliver quickly, not because I had insatiable bosses who couldn't wait to get their hands on a product, although that was certainly true of many of them. It was because those of us who've ever managed projects know life moves on. And if a project takes too long to deliver, there is a risk during its lifetime that people start to want something else. What I learned as a novice project manager, even though this was infuriating at the time, was often the project sponsor couldn't see what they really wanted until they were in touching distance of receiving what they'd asked for, and then having seen it, realised they actually really wanted something else. At the time, us project managers weren't very complimentary about this style of behavior. And yet looking back, it showed the nature of us all being human and being a creative explorer and what da Vinci was doing. He conceived an idea, needed to get sponsors, so he threw up a wooden model or a cartoon drawing and got people on board, took on some suggestions and devised an iterative process towards his work. Many organisations will embody fail to plan, plan to fail as a motto, and to an extent they'd of course be right. The typical and standard planning process involves research, analysis of the research, construction of the plan and the budget, a build, and then eventually execution. If you're very lucky, what gets executed approximately solves the problem first conceived. More often than not, it doesn't. And as a novice project manager, it gave me no pleasure to be allocated to a project which was being expertly managed to deliver precisely what no one wanted. And then that was called success. Equally, I can lament the other project manager trick, which was to nail down the scope so tightly that again, success in delivery is assured and yet no one likes what they've inherited. A much better model involves four elements. Adapt, build, launch, evaluate. I'll say those again. Adapt, build, launch, evaluate. Why start with adapt? Out there reading my articles, there may be one kind of genius, and that may well be you. But for the rest of us mere mortals, the key to creativity is not imagining that you are setting out to invent something that has never been heard, seen, or conceived before. The majority of inventions that have stood the test of time in the US in the last century were things that took an activity or a pastime that people were doing and made it easier, faster, cheaper, or a combination of all. This is additive or adaptive thinking. It's not sitting in an orchard waiting for an apple to fall on your head, which we now know is not true anyway. It's through observing what works well, less well, and ironing out the kinks. Starting with ADAPT allows us to leverage all the good bits we already have. And if you're implementing change in an organisation, it's likely to keep the number of things that people already recognise... You learn quickly as a project manager that humans, and even less so project managers, love change. From adaptation, you can build incrementally and launch but shift towards evaluate with feedback. And using that feedback, you can adapt again using incremental building. In my show notes, I'm going to give you a diagrammatic version which is adapted from Ries called Lean Startup. It's called a build, measure, learn loop. MBA textbooks revel in a range of big corporate system changes that never delivered what they set out to do, or worse, succumbed to something called sunk cost fallacy. The sunk cost fallacy pulls people into believing, even though they may not really like what's being produced, or they doubt in its success or efficacy, they're so far into the project and have spent so much time and money, we might as well finish it anyway. In the UK, as I write this and record this podcast, the same debate is being made of a high-speed rail link that will shave minutes off the time between Birmingham, which is a big city in the middle of England, and London, which, if you're in the US, you kind of know where that is. And it's going to be delivered very, very late. It's going to be delivered vastly over budget. It's far from certain how many jobs will be created beyond those that it took to build it. And already by the time the first shovel hit the soil, high speed internet connectivity had taken the keen edge out of commuting and post post covid travel patterns Mm -hmm. have just traveled and changed things rapidly we're in this deep we might as well finish it anyway takes on a literal meaning when you've already dug culverts and tunnels you've cut down ancient woodlands and cleared land for building stations we're this far in the impact of abandoning it is unthinkable By the time the project is delivered, there is still a chance someone will be happy, even if the original problem it was trying to solve has moved on. Now prototyping isn't just for corporates. As individuals, we can prototype in our career space. We can offer to join someone else's project. We can join a not-for-profit board. We can give our time away pro bono. And in doing so, we can test how our innate skills and knowledge work in new environments. We can expose ourselves to other people's thinking, to other people's ideas, and we can add and borrow as long as we wish to create brand new things. Doubt me that prototyping doesn't necessarily cost the earth. It's rumoured that the original design of the computer mouse came from something fashioned from an old sanding block with a cavity hollowed out and inserted into a roll-on deodorant ball. What a great way to get a sense of what was going to become a brand new and wholly influential way of operating computers without a keyboard. Creativity is wonderfully messy. We just need to be courageous, embrace the wonder and get stuck in. And that's it. The end of episode 13 and the end of the series on creativity in Thriving Leader. And after a short break for a few weeks whilst I prepare season three, I'll be looking at the power that you have in your hands to create energy through connecting with others. We call it collaborative energy, and it's a real source of creative power in your in your pocket as a thriving leader. So give us a few weeks, and then we'll be back with more new episodes on the Thriving Leader podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the energy leader podcast. Why not subscribe so that new episodes are streamed straight to your device. And I'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave me a review and tell others what you've been up to and what you're learning to get more help with your time management, productivity and energy. Why not check out the website at www.theenergyleader.com where you'll find more resources to help you be an energetic leader and still have time to spend on the things and the people that you love. Stay strong. And make it happen. And I'll see you next time on the Energy Leader Podcast.